Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of New York Giants Corner here at Toilets to Titles Network. I am your host, Joe. It is Wednesday, May 24th. I hope everyone's having a wonderful spring so far. I know that I am. It's been a tiring spring, only tiring, tiring in a good way, a good type of tired, like a lot of things getting done, a lot of accomplishments getting done, but just taking a lot of time and stuff like that. But but that's a good, worthy tiredness, and that's sort of what I've been feeling this week. So it's good, 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 good. And uh, so anyway, guys, we've got the last leg of the New York Giants 2023 draft class to talk about. I realize it's like almost a month later, but I've been trying to spread out the content. This is a difficult time of the year to come up with content. So I was trying to uh, spread it out. Uh, so far, I've had uh, I did episodes on Deontay Banks, and then I did another episode on John Michael Schmitz. I did another episode on Jalen Hyatt, and this is the fourth and final um, draft class episode where I'm covering uh, the final four players that we put that we took in rounds uh, five through seven, as well as an undrafted one undrafted free agent. Uh, we had a few actually, we had quite a few undrafted free agents, and some that I actually am really intrigued by. But there's one in particular, and that's Bryce Ford Wheaton. Bryce Ford Wheaton wide receiver out of West Virginia, who I'll be talking about last. But anyway, so this will be the, the last draft-related episode, uh, but I'm definitely psyched to talk about it because I like what we did in day three of the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, I really I thought there was a lot of upside there, um, good potential players, and I'm excited to talk about it. So, But before we do that, before we dive into the actual content, let me get the bells and whistles out of the way. If you can, just a, re a reminder, hit that like button, subscribe, Give us that five-star Apple review because it really helps us out a lot. Thank you so much. And by the way, our subscribers here at Toilets to Titles have been um, have been skyrocketing over the past few months. So we, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much to each and every one of you. Uh, where you can find the show, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Podbean, and Spotify. If you go to our beautiful, wonderful website, toiletstotitles.com, it has all of our videos and articles. We cover NFL football, college football, Fantasy football. That was our our, our original uh, our original uh, content was fantasy football when we started Toilets to Titles. Uh, but we branched out to NFL, college football, and draft content. We really knocked out of the park this year with this uh, just past NFL draft. So we really knocked out of the park. We had uh, Toilets to Titles and the CFB Nation uh, team members that were at the uh, that were at the Senior Bowl, that were at the Combine, and that were at the draft. It was absolutely wonderful. Did really couldn't be prouder. Honestly, couldn't be prouder. It was so cool. And speaking of uh, the CFE Nation, we a few months ago we partnered with the CFE Nation. Uh, they cover they cover our college football uh, content. So they they basically cover the college football players. Melvin, go away. Sorry, my dog is bugging me again. Uh, the they cover uh, college football. Um, they co cover college football players, and then when those players graduate. Uh, Toilets and Titles takes them over. So, but please follow at the at the CFB Nation. Really appreciate it. They are a sister network here at T2T. And um, oh, Melvin, my dog doesn't like when I'm speaking to my into my monitor. Uh, so check them out. Great program. Those guys are doing a wonderful job over there. Real bang up job. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/toiletsandtitles. Uh, if you go there, you can learn how you can further support our network. And I just want to say thank you so much to our current Patreon supporters. We really appreciate you appreciating us. And the Gilded Chat. We have, there's an app called Gilded 
We have a chat in there. If anyone wants to, please come in. We're up to like, oh, Melvin, stop. Melvin wants to get into the Gilded Chat real badly. We haven't let him in because he's a pain in the ass. I love you, Melvin, but you're a real pain in the ass. He wants to get into our Gilded Chat, but we don't really allow noisy dogs in there. Anyway, the app, Gilded, we have a chat in there. If you want to talk anything football, especially fantasy football, um, it's definitely going to heat up. We've got like 125 people in Gilded right now in our Gilded Chat. If you have, um, uh, you know, during fantasy season, you have any questions, you know, just come on in, uh, throw your questions out there. You'll get plenty of responses. But also, you just want to talk college football. You want to talk um, NFL football. And if you want to talk about Frankenstein, oh, Melvin, if you want to talk about Frankenstein, which is our uh, our fantasy football league, which is different than any, than any other league you've ever been in, uh, you can talk to us in Gilded about that as well. So, Anyway, all right, let me take care of Melbourne before I actually get into the content. And we are going to start off with running back Eric Gray. <laughs> with running back Eric Gray, who we took in the fifth round. Hang on one second. All right. I think the family's coming down to deal with my dog, Melvin. I had to call on the. I can't. I can't step away from the uh, from the show. I had to call on the family reserves here. So anyway, okay. So guys, let's talk about Eric Gray, uh, fifth round pick. We took him in the. Uh, we took him in the fifth round, running back out of Oklahoma. Really cool pick. I like this a lot. Um, Eric Gray. I'm going to be honest. He wasn't like this. Is a very good running back draft um, that just passed right now, and uh, there were quite a few running backs out there. I actually like more. Then Eric Gray, I think fifth round was perfect value for him, though, actually. I really wouldn't have taken him any sooner. What I like about Eric Gray is that I do believe that he can be a starting running back for us if we needed it. He's not going to replace Saquon Barkley. If this team thinks they're going to go like the Buffalo Bills route and send a guy out there every day for an entire year as an RB1 who's not really an RB1, that would be Eric Gray. That would be a huge mistake. But this is what I think about Eric Gray in terms of the positive side. And it's mostly positives. I think Eric Gray for a, you know, for a few games is will be a more than adequate RB1. Like you can feed the ball to him all three downs if you want to, and he'll do a fine job over a relatively short period of time. Uh, he's not someone you want as an RB1 for an entire year. Um, so if Saquon were to walk next year, if he actually doesn't, after the 2023 season, if he actually does not, um, you know, stick around with the Giants, if we decide not to keep him, then I wouldn't be sticking with Eric Ray as like a long-term solution. Uh, but he, I think he'll be excellent for giving Saquon some rest. Saquon had, a, had I think, the most touches last season that he's ever had in his career. And uh, in both, uh, combined both running and and receiving. And so he was taking some punishment there. And you can tell definitely like after the first half of the season, he definitely seemed like he hit a wall. I thought it seemed like he hit a wall there for like, uh, you know, maybe weeks like, you know, nine through 13. And then after that, he definitely seemed to have a rejuvenation, but he definitely seemed to hit a wall over there a little bit. It's a long season. And I think Eric Gray is someone uh, who I would trust very much to, you know, to, handle things for a little while if necessary. So I do like the pick. Fifth round pick, I'm totally cool with it. I was actually hoping we would get Israel Abanaconda, who the Jets took that same round um, just a little before us. Um, I actually was kind of surprised that Abanaconda uh, fell to the fifth round. And when I saw him that he kept falling, I was hoping he'd fall to us. But listen, 
I'm not bashing Eric Gray. I like, I like Eric Gray in the fifth round. Like I said, if we needed him to start for, let's say, like five or six games, say Saquon got injured, uh, I'd be really, really happy with it. I, I'm, I totally trust the dude. He's a well-rounded running back. He's, uh, he's good at pass protection. Uh, he's good with the running ball. He's a decisive runner. He's basically kind of like, um, you know, he is patient. He will wait for holes to develop. And when they develop, he's, he's got good anticipation, good awareness. And when the holes develop, he hits the holes quickly. And so he's kind of like a one-cut guy, uh, good burst through the line. He doesn't have that long end speed like a Saquon does. And basically, like Saquon can actually take it, say, from your own 20-yard line, your own 25-yard line, all the way to the end zone on a given play. That's not Eric Ray. Like you can give it to Eric Ray, say, like at the opponent's 40-yard line, and he can take it to the end zone. But he's not like Saquon where Saquon can actually take it from like end zone to end zone you know, uh, on, on a given play. That's not Eric Gray, but his, his top end speed is fine. It's more his burst. His initial burst is really good. So, and for me, for a running back, that's, I love what he does bring to the table. I love the patience behind the line. I like the, um, I like the, the, the one cut, you know, not too much dancing around over there. It's basically one cut and decisive and he bursts through the hole and he can take some guys with him too. You know, I heard some other content creators who I like a lot, you know, who I, I really respect. And I'm not nailing them. I'm not naming any names. But, you know, some programs I heard some uh, recently about Eric Gray that, you know, he, he kind of like um, – he's very good. He is very good at, at making the first guy miss. He's excellent at that. But, you know, some, some criticism I heard was that uh, – from others was that they didn't see him as like – he's kind of – he kind of like goes down too easy. I don't really see it that way. To be honest, I didn't see it that way with Eric Gray on, on my film study of uh, my film study of Eric Gray. I actually thought he was uh, kind of normal. Like it's some plays, maybe he went down, you know, uh, just like with one guy taking him down, and other times it felt like it took like you know two or three. So I like what Eric Gray brings to the table. He's also adept at uh, as a receiver out of the backfield too. So again, it's kind of like Saquon Barkley. Like he's a he's a different player, but he is he offers everything that Saquon basically offers. Just you know, not as good, you know, so he's kind of like the, you know, the, the discount version of Saquon. Uh, and again, that's not a criticism. It's just, he's a fifth round pick and, but I like what he brings to the table. And again, he's a, he's a complete running back, you know, so he's proven it all in college at a high level at the university of Oklahoma. I like what we got, man. Fifth round. Um, you know, I hope this doesn't mean Gary Brightwell uh, winds up getting cut. Cause I actually like Brightwell. I think Brightwell, Brightwell actually reminds me of, um, Brightwell, Gary Brightwell actually reminds me of Eric Ray. Like one cut hits the hole decisively, and he bursts through the hole really well. And he does take guys with him. Like he's not necessarily easy to bring down. And and I I don't really understand the the seeming like you know I don't know I guess lack of like for Gary Brightwell in the organization. I mean he was on the team for a second year in a row last year, uh, but the limited touch he had limited very limited touches and. The limited touches that he had, I like the way Gary Brightwell performed. So I hope this doesn't mean he's off the team. Uh, honestly, I'm actually not a Matt Breida fan, and for like four million dollars a year, four million dollars a year, I would not have resigned. I would not have resigned Matt Breida. Uh, but anyway, I uh, I transgress. I but this is about Eric Ray, and I do like it. Fifth round pick, totally cool. Uh, He's five foot ten, two hundred seven. Nice, solid, compact running back. I like that. The guy's got a little. He's got a little banger in him. You know, he can. You know, he can bang some bodies and take a punishment. Take some punishment there. Uh, he put up a little over thirteen hundred yards this past season, 
which was definitely his best season uh, at Oklahoma. Put up, put up a little over 1,300 yards and uh, rushing, that is. He had, so those six, as you can see in the banner down here, 6.4 yards per carry, very good. He had 11 rushing touchdowns, and he had 229 yards receiving. Uh, he didn't have any receiving touchdowns, but whatever. This guy, and he's actually been very consistent with the receiving yards. I think the previous year, he had uh, his junior year, he actually had 229 yards receiving as well. Pretty uncanny there, you know. Um, but he's a well-rounded running back. Again, I don't expect stardom out of this guy, even if, uh, say, Saquon goes down for a long period of time, or say Saquon moves on next year. I don't think I don't think that he is. I don't think Eric Ray is is the RB one replacement. But again. If Saquon goes down for a few games, uh, I'm totally cool with Eric Ray being the RB1 uh, for like, you know, say three or four games. I'd be totally comfortable with it. And I really think he can help Saquon out in terms of, um, you know, in terms of being able to give the guy a breather and really not losing much. Not losing much if you if you give Saquon, you know, some plays off, you know, a few more plays off than you normally would. I don't think he'd be losing much there. And actually, the two of them out of the backfield could be pretty cool to see. That'd be be pretty interesting given that they're both you know uh good as as pretty good uh they both offer a good amount uh in the receiving game so that'd be pretty cool actually and let me check out the comment over here shay tweeted that hey shay good to see you shay hey just to let you know guys thanks for stopping in shay shay tweeted that just to let you know shay is one of our newest members here at uh t2t and he is the host of our new Rams-based show. It's a Rams fan show called Ramsaholic. It's actually also on Wednesdays, but it usually airs in the afternoon, uh, any time between like 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, uh, 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's Shay. He's the host of the Rams Ramsaholic show. And I got to say, I got to say that I'm super impressed with Shay uh, as the host of that show. He does a great job. I really don't know much about Shay before he joined T2T. He seems like he's done this before because he seems pretty like a smooth operator, uh, you know, on the screen, I got to say. He does it really, really well. Uh, okay, guys, so let's move back to the content. All right, so that was Eric Ray. Again, fifth-round pick. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Okay, let's move on to Trey Hawkins. Now, this is where things, I think, start to get really interesting here. I like the athleticism they got in these last three players. Uh, they took Trey Hawkins in round six, and then they took two other guys who we'll get to in a little bit in round seven. Trey Hawkins, cornerback out of Old Dominion. Okay, it's Old Dominion. So remember, this is a sixth-round pick we're talking about here. Uh, so smaller school. But it's funny, over the past few years, we've been seeing more and more players come out of Old Dominion. I think there there's definitely at least two that came, came out of Old Dominion this year. Dominion this year. There may have been three or four, but I know there's definitely two because it was Trey Hawkins, who the Giants took, uh, cornerback, who the Giants took in the third round. And there was also Zach Kuntz, or Kuntz, uh, K-U-N-T-Z, who the Jets took, I think, like seventh round, maybe sixth round. And that was a guy I had my, my eye on, too, because that guy's athleticism, he was a tight end, that guy's athleticism was through the roof. That guy had the best athleticism out of any tight end in this draft class. He may not have been the strongest, but he was the most athletic. And Trey Hawkins is a really athletic player who can play press men. Bingo, ding, ding, ding. And that's a big reason why they took a flyer on this guy in the sixth round. You know, he's got, he's coming from Old Dominion. He does have rawness to him. He does have plenty that he needs to improve on. 
but he's got things that he can't teach in that is speed and height and size. He's 188 pounds. He's a tad, he's a tad on the light side, but he's six foot two. He's long. This guy is athletic and he's got a lot of great things to work with. If I'm glad the Giants front office took this dude in the sixth round because I think there's a lot of upside with him. You know, he's got the, again, he has those, those traits that you can't teach the athleticism and the, and the size. I love that a lot. And he's not, listen, he's playing at lesser competition. He was at Old Dominion. It's not like he was playing, you know, at Oklahoma, <coughs> excuse me. It's not like he was playing at Oklahoma, Georgia, you know, Oregon, you know, a much bigger program, nothing like that at all. But he's got the traits you can work with. We have one of the best, if not the best defensive back coach in the NFL. And it's been that way for a long time in Jerome Henderson. Uh, that doesn't mean that he's going to get CB1 out of Trey Hawkins in two years. However, don't expect too much out of Trey Hawkins this year, given that, you know, he does, he's, he's got some improvement to, to do. Uh, I'm definitely going to be intrigued by Trey Hawkins next year. Uh, you know, a year of his rookie year NFL seasoning. Um, he's a smart guy. I, I've heard him before. I like him a lot. Uh, another, yet another high character guy. And, but this guy, again, he's got that, he's got that size. And, uh, you know, there are things that he needs to work on in terms of like route recognition. He is a press man guy. He is a press man. But, you know, his anticipation is, you know, he does hit hard, as I say in my banner here. He, he, the guy likes to hit. Him and the other guy we took out of Houston, who I'm going to talk a bit, talk about in a little bit. They both like to hit. He's very good in run in run defense. He's aggressive that way. He is a he plays a run D very very well. Uh, but you know he does need to work on anticipation, uh, route recognition. Um, so I think these are things that can be taught. And uh, you know, you know he's going to need some time. But for a sixth round pick, I like it a lot. You know he's actually someone I I had my eye on. Coming into the draft, I knew it was a pretty good cornerback class, and I'm like, man, I would not mind you know, double dipping at cornerback and really getting ourselves some good young depth potential. Depth, uh, you, you don't know. I have to say potential because you never know how these guys are going to actually turn out, you know, until they get experience. Um, but I would have even been fine originally, you know, double de double dipping at cornerback earlier in the draft. Like if we did want to take a guy. Uh, well, we didn't have a fourth round pick as we traded it up to trade up, traded it away to move up to get to get uh, Jalen Hyatt. But, you know, if we had that fourth round pick and we wanted to double down at uh, at cornerback, I would have been cool with it because I like the CB class. You know, I, I like the depth of this class. But I thought Trey Hawkins in the sixth round in the sixth round was totally cool. I like a lot. I think there's a lot of upside with this guy and maybe not starter. He's a he's a he's a, you know, a sixth round pick. Maybe not starter, but I'll be honest. With you, I'm not. I, I'm not throwing out the possibility that he can't eventually be a starter. Uh, I'm not going to bank on it. But he's. I love this guy's athleticism. I like him a lot. And for the sixth round, I thought it was really cool value. I, I liked him a lot. Uh, okay, so let's move on from Trey Hawkins. All right. Uh, our first pick in the seventh round, we took nose tackle uh, Jordan Riley out of Oregon. Now. <laughs> I'll tell you something you can instantly, the first thing you can talk about with Jordan Riley is this dude's size. And this dude is six foot five, 338 pounds. You know, he could wind up being, you know, with enough grooming and this guy needs grooming. Uh, with enough grooming, this guy can wind up being possibly, you know, an adequate backup nose tackle 
for Dexter Lawrence. The, I don't think I don't think Jordan Riley's ever going to be a, a starter ever. Um, I think he's got too much he needs to learn. Uh, but again, here are intangibles that you cannot teach. Six foot five, three hundred thirty-eight pounds, and he actually moves pretty well for a guy this size. Like you look at him, he doesn't look three hundred thirty-eight pounds. That's immense. I think that might even be like Dexter Lawrence's size, and and I think Dex is is a little shorter. Like Jordan Riley doesn't actually look three hundred thirty-eight pounds, uh, but he is six foot five. He's a big guy, but you know his strength is going to be if he makes it. It's probably it's. I don't think he'll ever be a starter. You know, it'll be as, as, you know, I think potentially a nice depth, you know, nice, like, you know, backup nose tackle, which in a 3-4 defense, you need a guy who can actually play backup nose tackle, you know, so that would be, that would be great. Uh, but you've got size that you're starting with. And he's got, he's actually really athletic. Uh, the guy is at his pro day. Um, I don't think he worked out at the combine, but his pro day, his athletic scores were really good for defensive tackles. Uh, he had, I think, like, Possibly, he had one of the highest forty-yard dashes for uh, for a defensive lineman, uh, and I think he did really well on his vertical as well. He didn't test strength-wise, but that's the thing. This guy needs to get stronger. Like right now, he's okay at at playing the run. He's not great, you know. Uh, he's not a penetrator. He's not going to be giving you you know tackles for losses behind the line. Uh, but he plays. He does play the run pretty well. And uh, but for a guy this big, you would expect expect him to be stronger. He's not very strong. He does not really push the pocket back at all. You know, he can be moved on. He handles double teams okay. You know, okay. But they're you know it's, his hand usage is not good. So he does kind of tend to get pushed around. But again, hand usage you can be taught these things. Um, you know, so there are things that this guy can be taught. The team was obviously banking on on. This guy's athletic traits that can't be taught again, his size, but also his athleticism, things that can't be taught. And the team's banking on that. This is the seventh round. I'm totally cool with that. That's the type of thing I'd be banking on too. Uh, it's very hard to find steals in the in the seventh round. And usually those steals, if they do wind up being steals, it's usually not the first year anyway. It's like the second or third year that those guys, you know, become good enough and um, and learned enough to actually get on the field enough to make enough plays and start getting recognition. Uh, so, but Jordan Riley, you know what, given his, his size, his immenseness and his athleticism, if you get this guy bulked up, get him stronger, start teaching him, you know, proper, you know, proper hand technique. Um, I think he can actually wind up being down the road, possibly, you know, a, a, a really good, solid backup behind Dexter Lawrence. So seventh round, man, those are the type of traits I'm looking for. If I was a GM, and I should be a GM because I, I know my football and I'm a really smart guy. I should, I should be a general manager. Okay, so our last pick in the seventh round, safety uh, out of Houston, Gervarius Owens. I like this guy too. I like this pick. Um, here's someone who I don't think is ever going to be a starter, but he's a high character guy. He was a captain his final year at Houston, and he's actually got experience playing cornerback as well. I think he originally was a cornerback, and then I know definitely last year he was a full-time safety. He may have played some safety before that, but I know he has a good amount of experience playing cornerback. Um, you know, last year he played safety. This dude hits hard, and if you're someone like me who likes physical football, I, I was like a physical brand of football. 
I love speed. I want to have some speed on my team, you know, at certain positions, especially cornerback, wide receiver, you know, those skilled position players, I got to say. But I like physicality at every position, whether it's running back like a ground to pound guy, whether it's like a wide receiver who's big and physical and tall, you know, that 50-50 type of wide receiver. I like that type of guy, you know. And in the secondary, I like it too. Gavarius Owens likes to hit. And he can hit. He can bring the wood. Uh, so he projects to be better. Uh, not projects, but he's in his college career. He was, he was more of a zone coverage guy. That was his strength. Not really press man. And, you know, I know Wink, you know, kind of relies on, on press man coverage. Um, that's what he wants in his secondary, in his cornerbacks at least, in his cornerbacks. But, again, Owens is going to be playing safety. So he's very good in runs. He's very strong in run support. He's very physical run support. One of his weaknesses is that if he's playing in the box of safety, he kind of like his angles aren't the best when he's moving up to make a tackle. Um, but he is willing. And when he tackles, he's hit and he hits hard. You know, again, he was a team captain. Uh, I like this guy a lot. He's a good athlete. He's he's not Trey Hawkins athleticism. And he's certainly not De Deontay Banks athleticism. Uh, but again, that's why he's at safety. But he's a good, very good athlete in his own right. Um, so. I'm very curious about Gavarius Owens. I like this pick as well. He was a name I was familiar with. And so when I looked into a little bit, not as much as other players going in earlier rounds, obviously, but he was a name I was familiar with and he was a name that I would have been happy with taking in the later rounds. Um, and we did. We got him in the back end of the seventh round. I was cool with it. I like him. I kind of like Houston talent too. I kind of like the talent that comes out of Houston. I think they got some gamers and ballers over there. So, Gavarius Owens, I'm glad you're on our team. Six foot, 195 pounds. Like his size, could be a little bigger in my opinion for safety, but no complaints about the size at six foot, 195 pounds. Uh, I like what this guy brings to the table. And again, given our uh, secondary coach, Jerome Henderson, being as great a, a coach as he is, I'm really intrigued to see what, what he can do given, given time, what he can do with both. Gavarius Owens, who we took in the state in the in the seventh round, and Trey Hawkins, who we took in the sixth round. So, but I like these guys, man. These last three picks, Hawkins, Wiley, and Owens, they've got those traits you can't teach. And but with good coaching, hopefully you can shore up the weaknesses and make them more complete players. And that's really all you can kind of do in these in these rounds. So I love the athletes these guys got that the Giants got in rounds uh, six and seven. I really do. All right. Now, now, probably the player I'm most intrigued uh, talking about, and that is, let me take this down over here. Let me make a slight edit over here. Cool. All right. And that is wide receiver Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. Um, how this guy went undrafted is beyond me. I would have been fine taking him in the fifth round. Uh, maybe a little shaky on that, but sixth round, totally. I mean, I, I did like 500 draft simulations, you know, leading up to this draft, like I always do every year. I love my, my mock draft simulators. And there are quite a few times where I took Bryce Ford Wheaton, like in the sixth round. Uh, and there were times where you know, I went to go take him in the sixth round and he wasn't there. So I had my my eyes on this guy as a as a late round pick, and actually it's funny because both simulators I was using was PFF and PFN both had him as kind of like a uh, you know like a sixth round pick value, 
And I thought he'd wind up going sooner. I thought he'd wind up going in the fifth round. If they wanted to double dip at wide receiver and take Bryce Ford Wheaton in the fifth round, I wouldn't have blinked. I wouldn't have batted an eye. I would have I would have applauded. I would have been cool with it. However, we got him as an undrafted free agent. I was shocked when, you know, after the draft is completed, it was just a short time later after round three ended where, you know, all NFL teams are rushing to to sign undrafted free agents that they really want. And I was shocked to see, like, a few hours later that we had come to terms with undrafted free agent Bryce Ford Wheaton. I could not believe he wasn't drafted. Um, let's talk about what this guy has. Six foot four, 221 pounds. Uh, again, things you can't teach. And that is a potential stud wide receiver. Now, would he ever be like, you know, is this going to be like Plax? Man, you could hope so. You could hope so because Plax was very big. Uh, Plax was a tall, long, strong guy. And I'm not saying Bryce Ford Wheaton is going to be Plax even though we all miss Plax, those of us who got to watch him play on the Giants. Um, but, man, I love that size. And this guy is an excellent athlete as well. That's This is what blows my mind. Listen, his production in college was never fantastic. Uh, last year was his best year. He had 62 receptions, 675 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, he is a 50-50 guy. He's got no route tree. He's got no route tree. So I get teams not, you know, I got teams passing on him, but not for all seven rounds. He's got no route tree. This guy is basically like a 50-50 guy, and and that's pretty much it. But he's actually a really good athlete. So you've got a lot of stuff to work with here. He ran like a 4.39.40, a 4.38. He ran a 4.38.40 yard, uh, yard dash at the combine. Uh, he tested very well, very well athletically across the board. With like you know uh, the ten well his ten yard split you know in terms of his forty yard dash, um, the three cone drill, his uh, vertical jump, his broad jump, he was like either elite or near elite at pretty much every one of these athletic uh, athletic competitions, um, and he's got good hands too, you know he's he's got good hands in contested situations. His hands I think leave are kind of like a Darius Slayton ish. When it comes to like those deep uncontested catches, is where he actually. I think he focuses better when he's got someone, you know, you know, right up against him or kind of like draped all over him. I think, I think Bryce Ford Wheaton actually his concentration is actually kind of better. But I love what this guy has. This guy doesn't. He, he we don't really have what this guy offers. You know, we don't. You know, you got uh, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, who I like a lot, and I'm really looking forward to seeing again for. The second year in a Giants uniform, uh, but he's not a 50-50. Hodgins is more like a tumor, an Amani tumor. Uh, he's not really a 50-50 guy. Bryce Ford Wheaton is a 50-50 guy, and he does catch the ball well in traffic. Uh, it's funny how, like I said, I think he concentrates better when he's in traffic as opposed to, you know, I think his drops really tend to come more uh, when he's, you know, when he's gotten past someone, and he doesn't really get past people. Which is why, you know, another reason why he probably was not drafted is that even though he's very athletic, you know, his he doesn't he's not a route runner like at all. And he doesn't have the quickest of feet. So, you know, cornerbacks can they can stick with him. You're not he's not he's not juking anyone out of their shoes. Uh so but this guy, this guy's size and athleticism was just too good for him to go undrafted. And that we got him as an undrafted free agent. I'm not even I'm not even sure he's going to necessarily make the team. 
but the potential there, I mean, come on, come on. I, I listen, there I, there are wide receivers. I absolutely would have taken him over, including that that dude from Princeton that everyone was everyone was talking up. I forgot what his name is, it begins with an I. It's like I vicious or something like that. There's wide receiver out of Princeton that I was never really enamored with. He had some speed. He's from Princeton, so he's probably really smart. I was never really into the guy. Uh, I absolutely would have taken Bryce Ford Wheaton over that guy from Princeton. And that's just to name one. That's like the one off the top of my head. But there are quite a few other wide receivers. I would have taken Bryce Ford Wheaton over who got drafted and he didn't. So I am super psyched. I could not believe when we got him. Uh, again, he really gives us something we don't have, except for maybe Darren Waller. But Waller is an accomplished <laughs> – don't get me wrong. I'm just going off of Waller's size, but he's bigger than Waller. Uh, Waller is an accomplished uh, route runner. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Bryce Ford Wheaton is Waller, but I'm just saying like, we don't really have a guy like that size outside of um, outside of Darren Waller. We certainly don't have a guy that size that um, you know are in our wide receiving course. So I'm really intrigued by Bryce Ford Wheaton. I kind of hope he makes the team as like the number seven wide receiver, and I do think that we're going to go with seven wide receivers again, uh, which is fine um, for the second year in a row. Because I am so intrigued by this guy, I'm really, I'm really rooting for him this preseason to to ball out and and show a lot of growth and um and to um and to make the roster because I have a feeling and listen, I have a feeling he'll wind up um you know on the practice squad. However, I also have a feeling that someone will wind up scooping him up somewhere you know off the practice squad. Um, someone will someone will claim him somewhere you know, further down the road this season. So that's why I kind of want to see him as like our seventh wide receiver um, making the team this year. But anyway, guys, again, like Bryce Ford Wheaton, what he brings to the table, you can't teach. And it is upper level stuff. Six foot four, I'll just say it one last time, six foot four, 221 pounds, um, ran a four three eight forty 40 yard dash and tested very well and the vast majority of other athletic skills contests. Um, I like it a lot. I like this guy. I like, I really like this signing. It was wonderful. So, uh, but guys, that's it. That is a wrap for uh, this draft class review for our beautiful, wonderful New York Giants that we love. And before I go, if you can, the Twitter handles for me and all my compadres here at Toilets to Titles and the CFE Nation. If you can give us a follow, I'd greatly appreciate it. And just another friendly reminder, if you can, please hit that like button, subscribe, hit that bell, give us that five-star Apple review, because it would really help us out a lot. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. Hope you enjoyed the video, because I really enjoyed making these. I love the draft. If you're a football fan, we all love the draft. We all love the draft. It's so fun to talk about. And man, I am so impressed with our draft class this year. Uh, what a cool one. It was so cool. I feel like we have a very, um, very competent free agency, uh, excuse me, a very competent uh, front office, I should say. And this was a really cool draft. I really enjoyed myself a lot. But anyway, guys, I'm out of here. This is Joe. I'll catch you next Wednesday. You have a great weekend. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and I'll see you next, next Wednesday, everybody. Take care. Have a good night.